you guys pray with me? Father in heaven, as we quiet our hearts tonight, just in the stillness of this room, I pray we believe what we just lifted our voices up to, Lord, that you're right here in the presence, you're right here in the midst of what's going on here tonight because we've all prayed and we've invited you in and you tell us where two or more are gathered together, you will be in the midst. And for that, we're grateful that you keep your promises. And tonight, Lord, we know that you're our living hope. But there may be some in here tonight that don't know that yet, have never experienced that yet, have not met you by the blood. So I just pray, Lord, that you'd meet each one of us where we need met. That living hope is truth, and we're grateful for it. And the blessed assurance that we have, Lord, that you are a God who hears our prayers, you're a God who cares, and you're a God who not just tells us you love us, but you've demonstrated it through the cross. So tonight, Lord, I pray that you would move in a mighty way, that your Holy Spirit would be the one that does work here, that we're all here, Lord, to hear from you. Help me with my thoughts. Give me clarity of thought and mind of what it is you want me to share tonight, Lord. And may all, my voice and every voice in this room tonight, in all of our actions, may it bring glory to you and may we know we do it by your grace. Thank you for all the seen and unseen things you do for us, Lord. We love you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a seat, everyone. Okay, everyone, welcome to Inside Out. It's nice to see you guys tonight. I'm glad you joined youth group. I got a confession to make. I'm a nervous wreck for some reason tonight. I have no idea why, but you guys are freaking me out a little bit, and I don't know why, because quit looking at me, because you're making me nervous. Um, but I'm glad to be here, but I am. I'm just like on pins and needles tonight. I was back there praying, begging God to calm my heart and slow me down a little bit, so what you see is what you get tonight. Sorry. <laughs> I might be a little more wound up than usual, I'm not sure, but tonight what I want to do is we're going to continue on with the series we've been doing it for a few weeks called Worship More in 24, the cheesiest title I've probably ever come up with in the series, but I think it's important. So the last couple of weeks, if you haven't been here, and as you guys know, we all do these on podcasts, so to catch up on some series, you can always get on podcast and look, but we, the first week was there's, there's worship in our walk. Because I think worship is way more than what we just got done experiencing here as part of it. But worship is in our walk. We talked about Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24, I think somewhere in there. How we really looked at this idea of how do we have worship in our walk. And to walk without a wobble means that we have worship. Last week we talked about how to worship in spirit and in truth. And what that looks like. How well tonight, I pray you guys were able to give over yourselves to the Lord because of the truth that we were lifting up in our hearts. That truth should main, mean something to us and it should cause me to step in a direction of worship in a unique way by giving myself to him because he gave himself to me originally first first before I ever gave myself to him and tonight what I want to do is I want I've got two more weeks on this tonight I want to talk about I believe the title of this message that I've given it tonight to serve is to worship and I think that means something to serve is to worship and I really I thought okay God's laid that title and that thought on my heart heart in my head, but I thought, okay, where do you find that? We're going to look at John chapter 13 here in a minute, but where do you find that inscription? I want to give this to you guys real quick. In Luke chapter 4 verse 8, this is where, this is not the meat of the message, this is just some thoughts I had building up to this. In Luke chapter 4 verse 8, this is where Jesus is being tempted in the desert by the enemy, by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he'd been out there, the devil came to tempt him. And Jesus says in this verse, he says, you should only worship and serve the Lord only. 
So that worship and serve are synonymous to each other. They go hand in hand. And what he told the devil then is, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna worship anyone else and I'm not gonna serve anyone else other than the Lord God. That's how he fought off the devil. So I looked up this, this, this definition of to serve. It says, it says this, especially to God, perhaps simply this, I worship. So when you serve, you worship because we remember why we're serving. And if we do it right as we look into the scripture tonight, I think it's gonna be really important that we see why we worship. Jesus is gonna once again demonstrate for us tonight what this looks like. It's his farewell message that we'll talk about in just a few minutes. And the other one of this is in Psalm 100 verse two, okay? In the NIV, it uses the word, it says, worship the Lord with gladness, come before his presence. In the New King James, they changed the word, which is okay, to where it says, serve the Lord with gladness. So this idea of serving and worship go hand in hand together. So if you're doing something kind for someone, I want you guys to realize it, if you're doing it the right thing for the right reason, it's a form of worship to the Lord. It's remembering what we sang on those videos tonight. That's why we worship him when we serve, because we're serving with him in mind in all that we do. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. And the last one is, I love Joshua 24, 15. Most of you know the scripture. He says, today, Choose this day whom you will serve. But he says, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So when I'm in my home, look at me. You guys in high school, look at me. When you're home, this makes a difference. In your homes, as you are right now, living under your parents' roof, are you gonna say, choose this day who you will serve, and this day I will serve the Lord? If you do things around your house with this attitude that we'll talk about tonight, it will change everything for you. How do I know that? Because I'm a dad, and I had teenagers in the house, and the only time we ever had no tension in the home is we all realized we're doing what we're doing in our house for God. Everything we do is worship. I played a video for a young man the other day that I had an opportunity to have coffee with. And everything is worship. Everything is Christianity. Think about your life this way. Where in your life do you do things that don't, that don't in your mind, don't, are not a spiritual act? I'm not talking about sin. Just where in your lives do you behave, do you do things that aren't spiritual? And I went through this with this guy. I said, okay, do you guys think for me, is fly fishing spiritual for me? Is woodworking spiritual for me? Is vacuuming the house for my wife spiritual for me? Look at me. Yes, yes, and yes. Everything I do is to worship the one who saved me. Everything in my life is spiritual. And I think that's how we, we get wobble in our walk because I think, well, playing video games, they're clean video games like we talked about the other day, but they're really not that bad. But is that part of my spiritual walk? No, not really because it's just a video game. Yes, it is. Everything you do on this side of heaven should be with Christ in consideration and in mind, especially serving. So when you think about your house, I'm gonna give you guys over to your small group. I want you to take a couple minutes and answer those questions, but I really wanna challenge you guys because I, I wanna step on your toes, okay? I want you men, this is important for you men to understand this. Clint, Brian, Clark, everybody else, whoever's in this room on a Wednesday night, these men serve their families in worship of the Lord. I don't want you guys to wait till later to do this. 
I don't want you to wait till you're married and have kids to do this. I want you to do it right now while you're under your parents' roof. Build that habit now, gentlemen, because it will make all the difference in the world when you're married later on. I promise you, you will all never, you will never, ever, 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 ever have to come to a pastor and say, my marriage is falling apart. Why? Because you created the habits to have a wonderful home like Joshua talks about early on. Ladies, it's the same thing for you. What are you doing at home and why are you doing it? Your attitudes at home and how you serve your moms and dads and brothers and sisters is gonna make all the difference in the world now. So these messages that we share in the high school room may not be directly impacted at school except for what about your teachers? When you're in the classroom, who are you serving? See, we go to class every day. You guys are stuck in jail eight hours a day or whatever that number is, right? Are you serving in your classrooms or are you just there consuming? Everywhere we go, in your locker rooms, on the buses, what are you doing? Everything matters, and especially when it comes to serving one another. But this idea of serving is so much deeper, and we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. So turn to your groups, answer some of these questions, and we'll come back up, and I'll get into the meat of what I want to talk about tonight. The front of the room, we got to get through this, so I'm going to get into this real quick. And then we'll give you, we're going to close a little bit differently tonight. That's why I had you guys do your small groups to begin with, okay? So turn to your bulletin. If you don't have a bulletin or over there on the table, go grab one for me because I'm going to read the scripture and then I'm going to give you guys some thoughts, okay? Before I read, though, I want to put this in the context of what's going on in the scripture. We're going to be looking at John chapter 13. We're going to take about five or six verses out of that chapter, okay? <clears throat> but here's what's happening. This Thursday night we're talking about when they, you guys know what the Lord's Supper is. We do communion. It's remembering the blood, the bread and the blood. Um, that Jesus talks about at the Last Supper at the Passover. So on Sunday, <clears throat> this is the Holy Week, they call it. On Sunday, Jesus comes down into Jerusalem. He comes down, and that's what we refer to as a triumphal entry. Jesus comes into Jerusalem, that's the start of Holy Week. Tuesday, what's going on is he goes to the temple, and the leaders are trying to trap him in a mess so that they can have him arrested because they want him arrested so they can have him crucified. Well, Tuesday comes and goes. Wednesday's kind of a quiet day, a day of rest. But here comes Thursday. Now think about this. If it was the last message you had to share with someone you genuinely care about, what would you say and what would you do? That's the question because this is really tonight, it's a, what we're gonna look at is a farewell message of Jesus to his disciples. This Thursday night is the Thursday night before the cross. So Jesus Christ is about ready to go do what we sang about in the living hope where he's gonna give himself up as a sacrifice, shed his blood on the cross, be, be crucified, dead, buried, three days later raised from the grave, right? So this is that Thursday night when all this has taken place. Side note, right before Easter, there's Good Friday, there's the triumphal entry, Good Friday, but right before Good Friday, there's a thing called Maundy Thursday. If you guys have never experienced a Monday Thursday service, I'm highly encouraging you to do that. We'll announce it later on because this is the event that happens that night. The purpose of this message, though, is to prepare them for their future. Jesus is going to share something with his disciples this night that is gonna prepare them for what they'll do down the road. Do you hear that? When we come in here on a Wednesday night, you guys, a lot of times this might not be for something right away in your life, but it may be preparatory for something that's gonna happen down the road. And this is what Jesus is doing within his farewell message. 
But here's the deal. I love the Lord. I, this is what I love about God. He doesn't just tell me all the time what I should or shouldn't do. He actually demonstrates it for me. So the Lord is going to demonstrate tonight exactly what he wants his disciples, the attitude in which they should live going forward, and that's with the servanthood attitude. What you're going to see tonight as this story unfolds is you're gonna see God, the form of God, revealed as a servant. So when you see this tonight, we talked about this a little bit on Sunday with Hebrews, what God does for us and the extent that he goes to to demonstrate his love for us is overwhelming sometimes. So what I wanna do, this is, when you were reading this, this is God himself taking on the form of a servant. So God is revealed in serving tonight as we read this scripture. So let's jump to the scripture real quick. John chapter 13, I'm gonna read verse one, and then I'll move on to verse, probably verse three. We'll skip around just a little bit. It says, just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. Here's what's happening. Jesus knows the Father has laid it upon Jesus' heart that it's his time to go back to heaven. All the things that Jesus knew he was going to experience, all the times he told the disciples, the Son of Man is gonna go to Jerusalem, he's gonna be beaten, crucified, and buried. And three days later, he's gonna raise from the grave. Jesus knew that this time was coming soon. He heard from the Father, so he knew what he was doing and why he was gonna do it. And then it goes on to say in verse three, it goes on to say, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer garment of clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he'd wrapped around his waist. We're gonna jump down to verse 12 real quick. I'm gonna break all this down in just a second. Verse 12 says, when he had finished washing their feet, what happened in between four and 12, by the way, is when Peter's just talking, being Peter, he's like, Lord, you're not gonna wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you can be no part of me. Well, then Jesus said, wash my, or Peter says, wash my whole body. I'm in, because Peter's just being Peter. So we're gonna skip over that, but jump down to verse 12. Verse 12, it says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightfully so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. I have set this example, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, or no messenger greater than the one who has sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I had a very good friend of mine who had an uh, inner city ministry, um, a food ministry in Minnesota. And I don't think Kylie Christensen is in here tonight. I think she was the only one that went on the trip with me. The very first missions trip we ever did as a youth group, probably nine years ago in this church, when I was a, the youth pastor here, we went up and saw Terrell. And Terrell, he was in a, like I said, inner city church. People would break into his church and steal stuff from him. And he was out in the community every day. They'd do food ministry at the church. They opened it up the community. And the community was always stealing from him. And I remember the students who were on the trip asked him, he said, why do you keep doing this? They said, why to Terrell? He's, a, he's in heaven now, but a super kind man. They said, why do you keep doing this? And Terrell says, because I wash the people's feet. Tonight, 
what happened in the upper room, and I'll touch on this in a little bit more in just a little bit. Tonight in the upper room, what happened is Jesus washed the feet of those that were gonna deny him and betray him just hours later, and he knew it. Think about the people in your life that you have the opportunity to serve that you would never serve because of the way they treat you or the way they treated friends or the way they are in school. Think about your parents at home. Think about your brothers and sisters who you would never wash the feet of because of the way they are with you. Jesus took every excuse in the world not to wash anyone's feet because he washed the feet of Judas and the other 11 that were going to betray him just hours after this took place as he was going to the cross. So I wanna break this down for you guys. The first point is, and we're gonna get through this pretty briefly tonight. The first point is, this, this whole thing is servants of God must do these things. So if you wanna be a servant of God, if you want servanthood to be a worship for you, these are the things I believe that are important. You gotta be beware of who you belong to. Listen, there's a lot of people in the world that do a lot of nice things for people, but it does not have an eternal impact to it. It has a big impact maybe right here horizontally, temporally, it has an impact. People may remember what somebody does that is kind, but it has no eternal impact, you guys. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And that nothing is something that has an eternal impact. In other words, what I'm doing might bring someone to know the Lord because of the way I'm kind and I serve and I'm not sharp and I'm not critical that I actually serve people who don't deserve it. That's what Jesus is doing here. But you've got to be aware of who you belong to. Jesus already knew. He knew the Father was calling him home. He knew what he was going to do. And you guys got to realize this washing of feet Many of you know this. This is the most meaning, meaning, meaningful or meaningless menial task that anyone could do. It was terrible. In here, we take our shoes off at night. We think we can take our shoes off and wash somebody's feet. They may have a little odor to them, but they're not going to be dirty. In those days, think about it. They walked in mud, animal feces, slop. And Jesus gets all these guys in the upper room and he begins to wash their feet. He takes on the task that the lowest slave would have done at that time. And he did it anyway because he knew he was able to perform that act of humility because he knew who he belonged to. He knew who he was, he knew who he belonged to, and he knew where he was gonna go. Think about this. Today, did you even think about, this strikes me, and I'm sure what God laid on my heart, did you even think about, did you make decisions today based on one day the Father was gonna call you home? See, Jesus is making decisions this night in that upper room because he knew where he was gonna go. He knew who he was, who he belonged to, and where he was gonna go. Do you know who you belong to? Are you a Christian? Then you belong to God. And do you realize something? Someday you're gonna go back and see God again. Whether you're a Christian or not, we're all gonna stand before God. Did you make decisions today preparing yourself for that day? so that you've prepared yourself with what you did today, knowing that tomorrow's not for sure, our life is but a vapor, James says, did you do things today with the mind that I'm preparing for that day when I stand before him and he, I give an account for what I did with Jesus? I wanna hear the words, well done, good and faithful servants. Does that make sense to you guys? We gotta consider these things. So Jesus let what he knew and who he knew affect what he did. Do you? Do you know what you know about scripture and who you know in Christ? Do you let that affect what you do in your daily life, especially in regards to serving? Jesus did. 
He knew it, and that's why he was able to do that. The second thing is this, to serve with a selfless and humble attitude. I'm an attitude guy. I think attitude makes all the difference in the world, you guys. The attitude of your heart is the aroma of your heart, and it will determine what you do in your life. Jesus demonstrated this. He was the king of the universe, and yet he took off his outer garment, laid it aside, and began to wash the disciples' feet. It says this in Matthew 20, 28, it says this, for the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. Watch, I love this part and I think we miss this sometimes. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve others and to lay down his life as a ransom for the world. Are you willing, see gentlemen, this is what I really, I'm hard on guys when it comes to this. I know I am, but I don't care. Are you willing to learn now to lay down your life for others so you can do the same for your wives when you get married? Because you're gonna be asked to. And you're gonna have to do the same thing for your kids when you have kids. And ladies, it's no different for you. We've gotta learn to live this sacrificial servanthood life out of worship to the Lord. That's how he wants us to do these things. And I don't think there's an age factor here. I think everybody can do that right now as you walk with Christ. Being a servant is a matter of the heart. Notice this, Jesus didn't do this expecting a reward. No one ever said thank you. Have you ever done something for someone and they didn't say thanks and you're like, I'm not doing that again. Right thing, wrong reason. If they don't say thanks and there's no gratitude, it doesn't matter. You did it to serve the Lord. You did it out of love for Christ. You didn't do it for that person ultimately. You did it for the Father. You did it for Jesus. So that's exactly what the Lord's doing. He never got a thank you. And again, no reward was expected because he knew what these guys were gonna do to him. He knew exactly what these guys were gonna do, like Terrell up in Minnesota. He knew they were gonna steal from him, but he didn't care, he kept washing their feet. Why? Because Jesus set the example before him, and listen to me, when Jesus says at the end of this, if you do this, you will be blessed, Terrell was one of the most blessed men I have ever met because he did this, because of his relationship with the Lord. Your attitude, this is a big one, I had this in your questions, and I don't know if you had time to get to it. Your attitude will determine the temperature of the water you use when you wash someone's feet. I'm being a bit sarcastic there, but your attitude will determine the temperature of the water that you use when you wash someone's feet. My example is, have your mom and dad ever told you to do something at home and you did it, but a little bit of grumbling along with it? You're washing their feet, but what temperature of water are you using? You picking up what I'm laying down? This matters, you guys. That are, the attitude of my heart's gonna make all the difference in the world. Philippians 2, verses three and four talk about that. Humility is this, thinking of others more than you think of yourself. As you live your life, especially at home, underneath your own roof, do you think of others more than you think of yourself? If you do, praise God. You're doing the right thing for the right reason. Most people don't. And I will, I will venture to say this, and it breaks my heart to say it out loud, a good majority of Christian homes, husbands and wives miss this. And they're washing each other's feet with the wrong temperature of water, either scolding water, trying to harm someone, or cold, departed, I'm not really engaged water. Breaks my heart to say that, but most people live that way, why? Because they never take the time to sit down and go, do I wanna serve like my Lord served? Or am I just gonna do this because I want to? Am I gonna worship me or am I gonna worship him? Am I gonna be selfish and do what I wanna do or am I gonna be selfless and do what he wants me to do? If I do that, the right thing for the right reason, it will turn out a lot better for me because the right thing for the right reason is to worship him and to bring him glory. That's why I do everything I do. 
Everything I do in my home, I don't want to do it sometimes, but I want to honor God. So do I blow it once in a while? Yeah, I'm human. I get grouchy. But that's not the rhythm of my life. And when I get grouchy, the first thing God does is he pokes me in the chest and goes, really? We're doing that tonight? And I have an opportunity then to go, sorry, Lord, forgive me. And I turn around and walk in the right direction with the right attitude again. The third thing is this, actively serve. Verses 15 through 17, Jesus demonstrated for them for what it looks like to be a servant of God. I'm gonna get into that in a little more here in just a second. You will never receive, listen, you guys, oh my gosh, I wish Christians would get this. Listen, you will never receive a blessing by being a spiritual consumer. In other words, all I do at youth group and church is consume. I never walk through those doors and do anything with it. All I do is take it in, I consume it, and I'm wondering why I'm not blessed. Until you become a spiritual contributor, you will never feel blessed in your life. But when you become a contributor, whether serving at youth group, going on missions trips, serving on a Sunday morning at church, listen to me, you guys. You guys are all high school students in here, but you can serve on a Sunday morning at your churches. You know that, right? All you gotta do is ask. See, here's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't ask. Jesus did not wait to be invited to wash their feet. He took the initiative to do it because it was the right thing to do. He didn't ask. He didn't, he didn't wait till somebody told him to. He got up and did it. When you see there's dishes on the counter at home, you get up and do it. Take the initiative to serve. Don't just serve when mom and dad go, hey, it's your turn to do the dishes. <laughs> what kind of water, what temperature is the water you're using? Scolding hot or I'll do it, but I don't want to and I don't even want to talk to you right now. Get away from me. That's the cold water, the departed water, the un unengaged water. Jesus didn't teach us to do that, you guys. He taught us to do it a different way. Here's the other thing I want you to realize. Listen, and I get this from Elijah. When Elijah ran from Jezebel, got down in the cave, was discouraged, Lord, take my life, all the stuff that he talked about, what, Jesus, what did God do with him? He gave him some food, gave him some rest, and then put him back to work. If you're discouraged and you think your life is nothing but a dud and you don't have anything going on in your life other than just the routine you live in, get your eyes off yourself and start serving people. If you get your eyes off yourself, you're not all about your own junk anymore. You get your eyes off yourself and you start serving others, and I promise you your attitude will change. Test me on it, see if I'm wrong. You get your eyes off yourself, you start serving for the right reason, you got your eyes on Christ, and when you're serving him, everything will change for you, you guys. This is what we do to serve is to worship because we got Christ in mind in everything that we do. The world thinks that the result of happiness is this, somebody serving me. You guys know what this looks like in the world. You're not, you're not naive. You know exactly what this looks like. I'm happy because other people are serving me. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Happiness will come when you're serving others. That's the only time you're gonna be fulfilled and content. You know why? Because it's exactly what Jesus wants you to do. Jesus did this. Love compelled the Savior to serve. His love for his disciples and his Father in heaven compelled the Savior to serve. Our love for our Savior should compel us to serve. Guys understand the rhythm of that? What I wanna do is I wanna turn this just a little bit tonight. I, want, I asked last week when I was sitting at my desk and I'm kinda of going through what we're talking about tonight, I called Julie Tawcheck up and Julie's done this for us before in youth group. I asked Julie if she would take this picture of what it would look like that night when the Lord was washing the disciples' feet, if she would take that picture and she would put it on a piece of paper for us. So Julie, if you wanna grab your board for us, what I wanna do is when she comes up here, I'm gonna to try to paint a picture verbally that she, I have no idea what she's gonna draw by the way. All I know is it's wrapped 
wrapped around this scripture and this story, okay? But what I want you guys to do, we're gonna, I'm gonna finish up the message tonight with some things God's laid on my heart. While I'm doing that, Julie's gonna draw what God's given her on her heart. And I love the word of God because what it does is it gives us an opportunity through serving, people see a picture of our Savior. You get that? Through serving, people see a picture of our Savior. Through my words, people can see a picture of our sa- my Savior. Did somebody draw on your paper? Did they? That was nice of them, wasn't it? Can you turn it around? Okay. What's that? Okay. You got it? Okay. So when I use my words, I paint a picture. When Julie uses her talent that God gifted her with, she paints a picture. But what I want you to see tonight is this. Everybody look at me, not Julie, for a second. I want to turn this on you for just a second. I want you guys to put yourself in the upper room tonight. And there's just the 13 of you in there the 12 of you and the Lord, and you're leaned around the table, and in those days when they ate food, the coffee table, it was about the size of a coffee table, and they're leaning on their right arm, or on their left arm, and they're eating with their right hand. That's how they would do this. So what would that look like for you tonight? And here's the deal, you know what the disciples were doing? When they walked in the room, they were grumbling at who was the, be- who was the greatest. So they're coming in the room. Jesus is the night before he goes to the cross. And these guys are walking in the room after walking with Jesus for three years. And they're going, Peter, I'm better than you, or you're, James is better than you, or John's better than They're arguing over who's the best out of all of them. And Jesus hears this, and this is another reason why he does what he does in this picture. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there in a room. Think about this, you guys. What if the Lord came up and started washing your feet? What if Jesus comes up tonight and he takes your shoes off? And the dimness of this room the fire's going, the food's on the table, the aroma of the food's in the room, and all of a sudden you're leaning on your right arm and you're looking around, or your left arm, and you're looking around the room and you see Peter and James and John and you. You have no idea what's gonna go on the, the next day where Christ is going to the cross. But Jesus is telling this story about love one another. Remember these things. This is my blood and this is my body that's broken for you. The wine's the blood, the bread is his broken body, and he's sitting in this room, and all of a sudden, Lord, we're all talking about who's the greatest, and all of a sudden, out of the quietness, you see Jesus just get up and walk across the room. And you're just watching this. Why? Because you watch your master, because you love him. And he's over there, and it was customary, by the way, when somebody would come in the room to wash their feet. In this story, nobody ever washed their feet. You know why? I've done studies on this, and a lot of theologians will say because James wasn't about to wash Peter's feet. He wasn't about to wash Jesus' feet because he would have had to wash Peter's feet. If he washed Jesus, they had to wash John's. You understand? And they didn't want to do that because they were greater than the other one. And all of a sudden, because nobody did this task, Jesus gets up, walks over, takes off his outer garment, grabs a basin of water, a basin, a pitcher of water, and a little a basin. And he goes around and he kneels down in front of you. After walking with him for three years, your master and your Lord face to face and you're sitting in your chair. You're just sitting there. And it's your turn. And you've watched him wash other people's feet in the room and you're thinking to yourself, what's going on? And all of a sudden he walks up to you and he starts to take your shoes off. Can you feel his hands? Can you hear the water pouring in the, ba- in the pitcher, in the basin? And you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, what in the world is he doing? There's no way my master should be doing this. He never lost his authority. He showed you through his authority how to serve. And all of a sudden he's doing this. And you're looking around the room. What do you think? How would you respond? 
And what would you be like? I don't know what I'd do, but I think to myself it would be pretty humbling to sit there and watch Jesus on his last night with me as we go to the cross, as we go to the, to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's arrested and he's taken. The last thing I ever saw my master do for me was to wash my nasty feet, was to cleanse me of my nastiness. And think about this, and then I'm gonna play a song and I want you guys to stand and I want us all to worship while the song's playing and Julie will finish this here in just a couple of moments. The water pouring out of the jug into the basin, I wonder if, I don't know this, but I wonder, I can't help but wonder if Jesus wouldn't think about the blood he knew he'd be pouring out of his body the next day for you. That water in my mind for Jesus had to think to himself, I'm gonna pour out my blood for the forgiveness of your sin the next day. Yet here's the example I set for you as I get ready to walk out of the upper room and go to the garden of Gethsemane and pray like sweats, drops of sweats, sweating drops of blood because of the anxiety that he was about ready to go to, to the cross for all of us. And the last thing, the farewell message he told you is love one another and wash one another's feet. And now that I have set this example for you, you will be blessed if you do the same thing. Question is, are you willing to do it? Are you willing to do it for the right reason? I don't know the answer to that. Isaiah in chapter six of Isaiah, he says, the Lord says, whom will I send? Who will I send to go out and do my work? And my question to you tonight is, are you willing to be sent? Are you, are you willing to be the one to walk out of this room tonight, you guys, and really capture this moment and let it make a difference in your life and have a group of high school students who are willing to serve because they were served and lay down their life as a ransom for those around them? So Corey, if you'd play the video for us, you guys stand if you would. I want us to raise our voices up while Julie finishes this sketch and then we'll close here in just a few moments. So tonight as we close, I really wanna challenge this because Jesus told his disciples they were walking across the Kidron Valley where all the blood was running from the sacrifice. He told his disciples this, the last command he gave them, you must love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. And what he loved us with was a sacrificial love. And we see that those same hands, I can't even imagine what it had to be one of the disciples. The same hands that just washed their feet the next day were pierced with nails for them and for us. This example that Christ has set for us tonight should fill our hearts with joy. And we should understand that serving our families and serving our communities, teachers at schools, our brothers and sisters, whatever that looks like, that serving to serve is to worship the one who washed their feet and went down around the, across the Kidron Valley and the next day poured his blood out for the cleansing, not of our feet, but of our sin. Praise God for the gift that he's given us through Christ Jesus, not just demonstrating it in the cross, but demonstrating it by washing the feet of his disciples so that they may wash one another's. Are you willing to live that life of worship in 2024? Let's pray. Father in heaven, you're good. Thank you, Lord, for your truth. Thank you for the challenges that you give us in scripture. Thank you for the disciples' example of just what that looks like, Lord, to have our feet washed. 
And I don't think I did very good tonight of explaining what that had to be like. I can't even imagine watching my master kneel before me. The master where it says the whole world one day will kneel before our Messiah. That night, he knelt before his disciples in a form of servanthood, not giving up his authority, not losing his kingship, not losing who he was, but giving us that example of being that sacrificial servant in worship of the Father. Lord, help us tonight. I don't wanna walk out of this room just the same as I walked in, Lord. It's just, it can't be that way. May this land on us in such an unusual way that we never forget that we go wash feet exactly like you did. And you tell us, the crazy thing in this is you tell us we're the ones that are gonna receive the blessing by doing the serving. Help us to live that life, not in our own strength, but by your grace and by your mercy and may we do it always to your glory so that we can let people see the love of our Savior through the hands that we serve with. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys, you are dismissed. Have a great night, everyone.